Welcome back to the Wild Side News. And now, Sydney Wildsmith. Nature is making news every day. From the threats of global warming and the wreckage of weather to the breakthroughs in animal communication to what many are now referring to as the beginning of the next mass extinction. The passions to protect life on planet Earth are rising, and with such, the commitments to take increasingly direct action to protect the defenseless. This past week witnessed what may become the nature of nature news in the new year. It's the story of new resistance to the wanton taking of the animals. Some would call it greed, and many will say, it's killing the planet. As the passions rise, so too the battle lines. In the Arctic seas south of Australia, large boats are beginning to smash into one another over the issue of the future of whales on planet Earth. And now joining us from the Arctic Oceans is the captain of the Farley Moat, which is a vessel that travels the world working to really stand in, in defense and a, a guardian for the wild creatures and nature itself. Paul Watson, welcome to the Wild Side News. Paul, thank you. There are big stories happening, and you're right in the middle of it. Give us a heads up on what's happening down there. Well, right now we're uh, at the very bottom of the Indian Ocean, right in the middle, uh, halfway between Perth and Cape Town, and uh, we're pursuing the Japanese whaling fleet. Uh, they're running to the west, and they've been running since uh, Sunday. Uh, we've caught up with them three times since December 21st. Every time we catch up with them, they begin to run. We don't have their speed, so all we can do is this hit-and-run type of uh, tactic. But uh, that's been successful in uh, keeping them from killing whales for about a total of 15 days in the last month. Explain why it is that you are where you are. This is the Antarctic Whale Sanctuary in Japan's in violation of the uh, International Whaling Commission regulations by whaling here. They're also in violation of the Global Moratorium on Commercial Whaling because this is a commercial whale hunt. Uh, they're also targeting fin whales, uh, which are an endangered species protected by the uh, CITES, or Convention on the International Trade in Endangered Species. And they're taking whales in the Antarctic, uh, whales, uh, the Ant Antarctic Australian Territory, which is a violation of Australian law. In addition, they just refueled from uh, the Oriental Bluebird, their supply boat, inside the Antarctic Treaty Area, which is another violation. So what we have is uh, these Japanese whalers are in violation of numerous international laws and regulations, and that's why we're down here to intervene against their illegal activity. Paul, you take direct action. You're not prepared to stand by and and allow these things to happen. Certainly there, in other arenas, for other causes, people take action, and that is something that you are prepared to do. And in many respects, you're putting, well, there's a danger to what you're doing. For example, there was an event on Sunday, and apparently you're prepared to continue to to take a stand in defense of the whales? Well, our position is that the Japanese whaling vessels, the seven vessels that are down here, are operating in uh, violation of international conservation law, and we have to stop them. And if that means disabling them or damaging their uh, equipment, then, uh, then we're prepared to do that. Um, people seem to forget that, the, that these are criminals. They're not just ordinary people out here trying to make a living. They're no different than drug dealers or bank robbers. And uh, so that's why we're taking the action that we're doing. It doesn't do any good to just take their picture and stand around and hold up protest signs. I mean, Greenpeace is trying to do their best, and they're limited by their, uh, you know, the tactics that they're allowed to do. And I'm, I'm glad they're down here. But uh, we need to uh, be more aggressive if we're going to actually put an end to this. 
The Japanese claim that what they're doing is part of their research. They suggest that the, the process of taking these whales is something that they do in order to study and really advance the science of whales and cetaceans. What's your take on that? Well, I mean, it's totally bogus. That uh, argument isn't even accepted by the Scientific Committee of the International Whaling Commission. Uh, this research whaling ends up in sushi bars all over uh, Japan. Last year they raised, uh, they made $250 million. They've now doubled their quota. They'll make close to half a billion dollars, and they want to take even more next year. This is a commercial enterprise, and they're not fooling anybody by saying it's research. And they haven't even got permission to do this research from the International Whaling Commission. And you don't kill whales in a whale sanctuary as part of research. Um, also, they're in violation of rules that are, they're not allowed to uh, take uh, fin whales at any time, any place, uh, for research or for any other reason. So um, this is a bogus argument. We don't buy it, and uh, nobody else does either. Now, you've had direct direct confrontations with the... The Nishin Maru is the factory vessel for the Japanese whaling fleet. Correct. And on Sunday, you actually had what the people are referring to as a side-swiping incident. How did that come about? How, were, how did you make that decision to take that action? Well, on Sunday, we uh, saw the uh, Nishin Maru uh, transloading uh, ship, uh, whale meat to the Oriental Bluebird. And as we approached, the Nishamaru threw off its lines and uh, disengaged itself from the Oriental Bluebird and backed up. And as it did so, it collided with the uh, Greenpeace ship, the um, Arctic Sunrise, and then sped off, and we were in pursuit. We tried to uh, follow, follow the propellers of the Nishamaru by sending Zodiacs ahead and putting lines in front of them. Uh, but they were able to get away and started running. The next day, the next morning, we intercepted the Oriental Bluebird, the supply vessel. I ordered them out of the... Um, the whale sanctuary, they refused to answer me, so I sideswiped them to get their attention and then ordered them out again, and they began to run. Now, how do you communicate? Is this by a bullhorn, or is it uh, by radio phone? Uh, we communicate through um, the VHF radio, but uh, there's not been much communication. Uh, the, the Japanese don't answer. There's really quite a, quite a bit of action. As, as you mentioned, the Greenpeace vessels now have actually been, there's, there's a dispute as to what, what the story is, but the certainly Greenpeace is suggesting that um, the Nishin Maru literally set out to collide with them. Uh, it wasn't a, a, a totally serious impact. front end of the Arctic sunrise was damaged. Did you actually witness that incident? Yeah, we witnessed the entire incident, and, um, you know, Greenpeace is saying that uh, the Nishan Maru rammed them, and the Japanese are saying Greenpeace rammed them. What actually happened is when the Nishan Maru disengaged from the Oriental Bluebird to get away from us, they backed up and uh, hit the Arctic Sunrise. They collided with the Arctic Sunrise, and I think that was uh, negligence on the part of the captain of the Nishan Maru, but I don't think they deliberately rammed it. Well, how are things proceeding today? Every day seems to be a new, a new adventure. For example, there has been discussion that the Japanese may intervene militarily. Uh, what are you hearing about that? Well, there's some talk about sending the so-called airborne police down after us. I don't know what they're going to do, take our fishers or strafe us, but uh, it seems a little useless to send airplanes down here. They're not going to be able to land. So I don't know exactly what they're going to do, but uh, Japan can do whatever they want. But uh, the fact is, is that uh, this is an illegal operation, and we're not going to uh, retreat on because of Japanese bullying. Um, you know, if these were Indonesian or uh, fishing vessels, uh, Australia would be all over them, and rightfully so. But uh, because Japan's a wealthy nation, the message that Australia is sending is, uh, well, you, you do what you want, we're not going to interfere with you. The fact is, is they're in violation of Australian law by killing whales in the Australian Antarctic ter uh, Territory. And Australian law uh, would intercept, for instance, they go after Patagonia 2 fishermen down here who are fishing, and they're, they're no different than the Japanese whalers.
the Australians have suggested they may send out vessels to witness what's going on, as well as the New Zealand, I believe, has done the same. Have you seen any action from them? Well, I've been requesting that Australia send out a naval vessel to witness what's going on, and they've refused. And I know New Zealand's mentioned it, but they actually said yesterday they're not going to do it. What we have down here are seven vessels of the whaling fleet, two Greenpeace ships and a Sea Shepherd vessel. So all told, there's 11 vessels down here, and it's really it's a high seas chase. We've already uh, covered over 4,000 uh, nautical miles uh, from south of New Zealand all the way to almost to the south of Africa. Uh, now, how long do you expect that you can actually be out there? Do you have the option to refuel, or do you have enough to carry on? Well, we're good for about uh, three more weeks of fuel. And, uh, you know, at some point we're going to have to refuel. The Japanese have the advantage. They just refueled. They sent a tanker down here to do it. But, you know, there's a lot of money to be made from killing whales, and there's not, a, not, a, not very much money available to save them. So we're at a serious disadvantage there. So how do you see days ahead here? This sounds like it's just going to keep on going. Yeah, we can do what we do for as long as we can do it with the resources we have. Um, right now, I'm also looking ahead to next year. We've got to come back here with a faster ship. I think we found the key to stopping them. If I can get a vessel that can keep up with the Nishan Maru, I'm pretty much can guarantee they won't kill any whales. What do you need? Just a fast ship. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see what we can do. Anybody listening who happens to have a fast... How big a boat is, by the way, the Farley Moat? Uh, we're about uh, 48 meters, and it's a former Norwegian uh, research uh, vessel. So it's an sea trawler design. I hear you're in the in the process of thinking this may be time to, uh, as you say, find something new. Yeah, we've got to get a faster vessel if we're going to be effective against this whaling fleet. This uh, plan by the Japanese is a 17-year plan to kill whales and increase the number every year. Next year they want to take 50 humpbacks in addition to another uh, 50 fin whales and also probably up the number of um, pike whales or minke whales. So, um, you know, this is going to be a long-term uh, campaign uh, in if we can get down here and stop them, I think we could probably put an end to it. Um, I'm sure it's going to escalate. I'm sure the government of Japan is uh, probably might send down uh, the police or whatever, and that's all fine with us. Let's make a big deal about it. Let's expose the fact that uh, this is a blatantly illegal operation. You know, people call us pirates, but I don't really have a problem with that. If you go back to the 1600s uh, to the Caribbean, it wasn't the British Navy that shut down piracy. They were too busy taking bribes. Piracy was shut down by the... Uh, by Henry Morgan, who was a pirate. So sometimes you need pirates to stop pirates. Paul, what drives you to do all this? Well, you know, we're losing species on this planet at an incredible rate, and, you know, I'm a firm believer in the, uh, the laws of ecology, the law of diversity, interdependence, and finite resources. And um, we're going to get to a point where we remove uh, one too many species on this planet, and the whole ecosystem is going to collapse. And um, so really what we're doing is not just for whales, but also uh, for people, for our own survival. The, the health of the oceans is very much uh, a cornerstone to uh, life uh, surviving on land. And uh, the oceans are dying, as Jack Cousteau said just before he died. The oceans are dying in our time, and we've got to do everything we can to protect them. Every single commercial fishery seems to be in a state of collapse. Human greed is wiping out everything. And uh, so we've got to put the brakes on this, and so that's why we're down here, to try and, uh, and stop this. You know, this... One thing that Sea Shepherds is unique in is that we're not a protest organization. We don't protest anything. We simply intervene against illegal activities, and we have the authority to do stuff by virtue of the United Nations, the World Charter for Nature, that states very specifically that non-governmental organizations and individuals are empowered to uphold international conservation law. We're doing the job down here that governments like Australia, New Zealand, Canada, the United States, and others should be doing but are not. If they were here, we wouldn't have to be here. 
one can only hope that somehow we'll get to the point where this becomes the priority that it needs to be. In terms of the Japanese, one has to wonder why they continue to do this. Obviously, it's for the sushi bars, which is a shame all by itself that whales should be uh, slaughtered in order to keep people happy in, in a sushi bar. Beyond that, what other uses are, are the Japanese putting the whales to? Why is this so important to them? It's exclusively a meat market. That's really all it is, and uh, the Japanese believe that, uh, you know, they have a right to do this. In addition to doing this, they're killing 20,000 dolphins every year, uh, spearing and stabbing them to death on the beaches of Japan. I had uh, two of my crew members went to jail for uh, three weeks, uh, two years ago, for uh, including my wife, for diving into the uh, bay and cutting the ropes to release the dolphins. And uh, so, you know, Japan just feels that everything in the ocean is there to be uh, consumed, when they run out of fish and everything in their own waters, they, they scour the rest of the planet to, to, to get take what they, uh, they want. How would you recommend that people help your organization or even take in their own action? Well, you know, we're, uh, uh, can be, people can get onto our website at seashepherd.org and uh, get all that information. And we're establishing Sea Shepherd uh, in Australia. We're opening up an office in Melbourne this month. And then in terms of empowering people, how would you get someone to take their own actions? How should they be inspired by your actions? Well, I think that everybody has a duty and a responsibility to make sure that uh, we protect this uh, planet for for our children and our children's children and make this a better world for tomorrow. And uh, so, you know, people should just be very cognizant of their, you know, their own consumption, what they consume, and, uh, and, and keep in mind where things come from. The fish that's taken out of the ocean, uh, what are the uh, ecological costs of removing that fish? You know, if people were more aware of where things come from, I think that might uh, be a step in the right direction. Now, have you taken any actions against bottom dredgers? In fact, uh, two weeks ago while we were down here, we uh, found a, a long line set by a Uruguayan vessel uh, to catch um, Patagonia toothfish. We confiscated that line. Every year we confiscate hundreds of miles of long lines that we find in the ocean. Earlier uh, in, 80, in 2005, we set uh, net rippers off the Grand Banks of Newfoundland. These are devices that are meant to, uh, to ensnare the bottom drag trawlers and uh, rip their nets open. Um, last year, we also dove in and cut open the nets in the Galapagos National Park of tuna vessels that were fishing illegally in the national park and released, uh, I think at, that, at one point, we released 10 tons of tuna. But, uh, so we've taken a very aggressive action against illegal fishermen over the last few years. You really do take direct action. I'm just curious how often you've gotten to the point where you just kind of wonder if you're going to really make it through a particular moment. This sounds as if a lot of tensions could be manifest right in your face. Yeah, we've you know we've been arrested a few times. Canada's arrested me for interfering with drag trawling operations, but I, we've gone to court and I was acquitted under the charges. Hmm. Uh, I find it really strange that uh, the governments are so concerned about defending illegal fishing operations. Ultimately, we're going to win in the court because uh, we're acting, I think, rightfully uh, in accordance to the U.N. Charter for Nature. That was my defense on that court case, mm. and the, the jury agreed with me. But uh, it seems that the government spent a lot of time uh, protecting the interests of illegal operations, like illegal whaling and illegal fishing. It must be a, Well, there certainly is a lot of money involved, and that money is changing hands someplace. Well, we're hearing a lot about illegal transfer of money right now in the United States, which is nothing new. It's just coming to no. the surface right now. You, you take many different forms of action. You have quite a, a wild, wild, I mean that in a positive way, itinerary uh, for moving around the planet. Where are you headed next? What, what are some of the, your plans for the 2006? 
Well, we have a full-time patrol vessel in the Galapagos National Park. We're working in uh, partnership with the Galapagos National Park to protect the marine reserve. We've intercepted and arrested 56 uh, poachers in the last few years, and uh, we've opened an office in the Galapagos, so we're there on a permanent basis. We're also protecting and working with the rangers of uh, Mopello Island National Park off of Colombia, Cocos Island National Park off of Costa Rica, and Fernando de Norona National Park off of uh, Brazil. And um, last year I was invited by the president of Senegal to come meet with him at Dakar to talk about what can be done about illegal fishing. And uh, we'll be going up to Mozambique. We've been invited by the government of Mozambique to come up and try and stop uh, pirate fishing operations in their waters. So we're actually now getting requests from governments for assistance in trying to deal with illegal uh, fishing activities. It sounds as if a lot of your work actually is in internationally or, or nationally dedicated preserves and that you, you work to defend them. Are you finding that there really aren't defense mechanisms to defend those areas uh, put up by national and, and international agencies? There seems to be a lack of political will and certainly a lack of uh, money to go in and protect uh, everything from uh, world heritage sites to national parks to, to sanctuaries. They all look good on paper and they look fine on the map, but... Uh, Pretty much the, all of the world's sanctuaries and national parks are being exploited by poachers. And uh, so it's, it's become a, a crisis, really, because as fisheries uh, collapse uh, in, the, in other areas, they're moving into these uh, sanctuaries where the fish have uh, had refuge in order to get them there. There's simply not enough fish in the world's oceans to continue to feed the ever-expanding populations of humanity. That's the bottom line. And uh, we're going to wipe them out if we, if we continue to do what we're doing. That is what's happening. That's what you're taking the stand to do, is to keep this entire system from collapsing. And in many respects, it is already in collapse quite massively in some areas. What's the future of whales now, from your perspective, in terms of trying to expand, again, even greater protection for species around the world? Well, unless we, uh, unless we stop this uh, Japanese whaling fleet from doing what they're doing, they're going to increasingly uh, increase the numbers they're taking. And... Uh, so the future is not looking very good for the, for the whales. And, you know, whales are different than, oh, than most other species uh, that we deal with. I mean, here we're dealing with one of the most intelligent, most socially complex creatures on the planet. These are, you know, not sardines. You know, the biggest brain that's ever been developed on any uh, animal on the planet, including our own, uh, is, the, is the cetacean brain. And, uh, you know, where, for instance, to give you an idea, the human brain has a capacity of 1,300 cubic centimeters, but the sperm whale has 9,000 cubic centimeters, the orca 6,000 cubic centimeters, and uh, these are big animals, but when you consider dinosaurs are big animals and have brains the size of walnuts, the fact is is big brains mean something, and I think these animals are incapable of incredible uh, communication abilities with each other, and that one day I think through the use of computers we might even be able to communicate with them, but instead what we're doing is wiping them up. What are you looking forward to today, and how do you actually spend your day? Well, it's been one big uh, car chase, really, except for using ships. But <laughs> we've been chasing them for 4,000 miles, and we're continuing to chase them. As long as we have them on the run, they're not killing whales. Mm. And uh, they'll stop probably in a day or so and start whaling again, and we'll catch up with them, and then they'll run again. So, I mean, for example, are you actually in pursuit right now? Yes, we are. We're right now uh, heading uh, along the coast of Antarctica. We're probably around uh, 65 degrees longitude. And do you actually see some of these vessels? No, no, they're way ahead of us. You know, they're faster than we are. They, we have to catch up with them each time. Now, how do you know uh, where? The, how do you know where to go? How do you know where to find them? Well, I can't really say, but I know exactly where the Nishan Maru is at any moment. Fair enough. <laughs> okay, <laughs> this is proprietary. 
Yeah. Uh, Paul Watson, I want to thank you for, for taking this time, calling us via sat- satellite phone from the Farley Moat uh, in the Antarctic regions in defense of the world's greatest creatures, the whales. Maybe we'll have a chance to talk soon again, and feel free to contact your people to contact me if there's ever a reason that I can help you and uh, to bring updates on, on your mission. Okay, well, thank you. I just want to add that this is one of the most beautiful places in the world. I mean, we're passing icebergs down here the size of cities. I think we must have passed 10,000 of them in the last three weeks. You're posting a lot of information, a lot of actually uh, photographs and videos, and, and there's an update. Why don't you give that website? Uh, it's uh, C-Shepherd, S-E-A-S-A-T-P-H-E-R-D dot O-R-G, C-Shepherd.org. And what's the temperature like there out on the ocean? Well, it's the summertime down here, so it's oh, about... That's true. <laughs> that's true. I <laughs> forgot about that. <laughs> the, summer, uh, the summertime in, uh, in, um, in Antarctica is about uh, 32 degrees on average. Mm-hmm. On New Year's Day, though, my crew all jumped in with bathing suits into the uh, ocean, and it was 27 degrees. Hey. That's not for me. I'm glad you, I'm glad someone like you and your people can do that. Someday, hopefully, I'll be able to join you on your ship, and we'll do a, some in-depth. Okay, great. Thanks. Okay, Paul. Thanks a lot. Thanks, thanks. This saga is ongoing as we speak, and the clanging of ships' hulls may be a clarion call about the clashes that are likely to continue in this new year. You will always be informed by staying tuned in to your Voice of the Earth here on the Wild Side News.